0: you hear the phrase, uh, I'm stepping out, what comes to your mind? You're tired of the sermon? You're stepping out, right? Celebration. Uh, There was a song I remember, it may have been by Celebration back when I was in high school, back about 10 years ago. And uh, it, where, where the guy saying, I'm stepping out with my baby. I remember that. Stepping out was a phrase of going out, going, having a big night, a big time. It can mean a lot of things. We can pl- uh, apply it in a lot of ways. Well, this evening we're in Hebrews 11, where we've been now for several weeks. And we're going to look at one of the great heroes, not only of the Old Testament, but of the faith. And the key to everything that happened great in his life that we have recorded in Scripture comes down to one thing that he was willing to step out, not on a date with Sarah, his wife, but he's willing to step out with God. So let's begin with this first question, the the fundamental thing of this evening. Will you take the big step of faith and follow God? Are you willing when God comes a knocking, some of you he sees knocking, he's going to be, if you... You walk with him consistently. Will you step out and follow God? Look in verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham had just graduated with his master's degree. He was about 22. He just freshly married. He was excited. And they, uh, they had a location and a job, and it was going to be a, near a beach. He was 75, and Sarah was probably 65. Did you notice what it says? God told him to go. God failed to tell them where they were going. Did, did you get that? Do you get the significance of what this is going to say to us this evening? I hope so. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 5, we're going to read this real quick. This is, this is the original story, and it does shed some good light on it. Now the Lord said to Abraham, his name had not been changed to Abraham yet. Go from your country and your kindred, it gets more and more personal, your country, your kinfolk, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went out as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife, Sarah, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And it goes on about when they got to Canaan. Now, scholars believe where Lot ended up was probably about 500 miles from home. And you go, well, that's not a big deal. It was a huge deal thousands of years ago. I remember when I first went to seminary, I went to Fort Worth, to seminary, and my parents still lived in Tennessee. And so to drive home from Fort Worth to Memphis was 500 miles. The speed limit was 55. Do you remember that? Back before there were cars? And, and it took, and then my, my hometown was another, it was five, about 570 miles. It was about a 10-hour drive. It was brutal to me. But here Abram is taking, his 75-year-old Abram is taking his wife and some other people, and they're going on about a 500-mile journey, which they traveled about 20 miles a day, probably took Sunday or the Sabbath off. And so he was a month or so on foot heading in another direction. And when they left, did you get the significance of that? It says they did not know where they were going. Man, think, think about this. We want to know every detail, don't we? And I'm for that as much as we can to lay things out, to understand. But, but I'm going to let you in on something tonight. God's going to come knocking if you're open at some point, And he's not going to give you every detail. He's going to want you to trust him. Let me give you two thoughts that go with this that I think are very important. This may sound silly. This won't be easy. Amen? And it, you shouldn't expect it to be. You should expect... When you step out or when God calls you, you should expect it not to be easy. You should expect to have a little fear. You're going into the unknown. God was calling Abraham and he will call you at some point to some level to leave your comfort, to leave your family or put your family in the proper place. Maybe leave your home, leave your friends and everything you know. And you know what? It's that ugly word change that comes in there too, isn't it? I want to read to you two quotes by two pretty well-known people. The first is the Nobel author John Steinbeck. Listen to what he says. It's the nature of man as he grows older, and Abram was 75, to protest against change, particularly for change that may be for the better. By its very nature, empowerment brings constant change because it encourages people to grow and innovate, changes the price of progress, but yet we fight change, don't we? I, I, I do. I, I know in my heart it's hard. The Italian statesman, Machiavelli said, there's nothing more difficult or dangerous than the, the initiation of a new order of things. It's resisted by everyone whose interests are threatened. Do you think Abraham's family were glad that he was doing this. You think Miss Sarah was? Probably not. And oftentimes, the ones who it benefits the most, weakly supported. You know, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy to see these stories thousands of years later and forget the emotional context of it. But so I'm just going to bring it to you, and we'll forget Abraham for just a second. When, When God speaks to you. And some of you, again, it may be tonight, it may be in the future, but if you live long enough and you're following God, it's going to happen. He's going to bring you to a crisis point. He's going to ask you to step out and follow him. And it's not going to make sense. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be difficult. And people who love you may resist the most at first. But I want to ask you, will you still step out and follow God. Now, here's the key, I think, to it that's very, very important. You got to keep your eye on the prize and the prize giver. This goes with, how do you step out in faith and follow God? Well, it depends a lot on what you're looking at. Look in verse 10. Verse 10 says, for, for Abram was looking forward to that city whose foundations, whose designer and builder is God. You know, that's a fancy way of saying that when he left and he took off, he never kept his eyes, took his eyes off God. He never took his eyes off what was waiting for him. He never took his eyes off the blessing. He never took his eyes off heaven. See, here's what derails you and me. We got our eyes on the wrong things. And so when God calls and we're, we're thinking about our feelings, we're thinking about people we love, we may hurt by obeying God or what it may cost us or it's going to be uncomfortable, it's going to be new. And when you got your eyes on everything else, all the distractions, you are never going to take that big step of faith. When I was young and I started driving a tractor, we had a little farm, and my dad would put me on that tractor, and I'd go through the field like this. And if you're planting or you're trying to, uh, you've got stuff in the ground that you're trying just to kill weeds, and that's real bad, by the way. You, You know what you do to the crop when you do that? You tear it up. And so he told me, he said, son, when you get on that tractor, you find a point at the end of that field that's straight ahead of you, a tree, whether it's a fence post, and you keep your eye on that. That's your prize, son. You keep your eye on that. You don't look to the left. You don't look to the right. You don't scratch. You go straight to that point. And it was amazing how inch by inch, keeping my eye on the right thing, I got to the right spot. How did Abram do it? Also, it it says he was a foreigner. He basically lived as as an alien the rest of his life. How did he do it? He kept his eyes on the right things. Listen, when God speaks to you and he challenges you to step out, a lot of people aren't going to do it. I want to encourage you to do it. And the way you'll keep the course is you keep your eye on the prize and the prize giver on God. Now, here's the second thing that... That, that rolls from this first thing, this step out in faith. You keep living by faith, and God will bless you and use you greatly. By the way, everything we're fixing to see would have not happened if the first thing hadn't have happened. If Abraham had stepped out and followed God where he didn't know where he was going, none of this other stuff would have happened. But boy, some wonderful things happened. Look in verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered God faithful to the promise. Now, by the way, this was 25 years after God had promised them they were going to have a kid. We would have given up, wouldn't we? We would have said we heard God wrong. By the way, you need to hear God right before you step out in faith. But when you hear God, you step out. She's 90 years old. When was the last time you went to the maternity ward to see a 90-year-old who'd just given birth? Never. You know why it happened? It because she trusted God. Look in verse 12. I love verse 12. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead. What a way to describe an elderly man. How is that person? Good as dead. Good as dead. Wow, don't you know? Sure, Abraham really appreciates reading Hebrews up in heaven, doesn't he? We're born many descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Wow. They had one son. They had one son. They didn't live to see these other things, by the way. But from that one son, God said, you're going to have offspring so many it's like looking at the stars at night or looking at the grains of sand on the, the, the beach. You, you can't even count them. Who are the sons of Abraham? You know the Jewish people are the sons of Abraham through Sarah. You know who else is tonight? Every person in this room that's a born-again Christian. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 29. Listen to what it says. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as you who were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are, read that last part, Abraham's offspring and heirs according to the promise. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Man, think about this. What if Abraham wouldn't have stepped out? What if he have said, no, I'm 75. I've got to be hearing God wrong. Nobody wants me to do it. We had a family meeting. Everybody's against it. We're staying here. You know what? We might be talking about Fred or, or, or whoever of the ancient world, but we wouldn't be talking about Abraham. It started when he stepped out. But don't ever forget, you don't just step out in faith one time. You live by faith. You trust God. And, and when we make a decision, we make it as a church. We make it as an individual that we're going to step out in faith. And we're going to follow God. And we're going to keep trusting him. Man, God can do so many wonderful things through us. Look in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles here on this earth. They didn't didn't get to see a lot of these things again. Abraham and Sarah had a child. They got to see that. But they had to trust by God, trust by faith that he was telling them the truth. You know, I love Galatians 6, 9. Galatians 6, 9, it says this, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in the due season we will reap a harvest, if we, if we what? If we don't quit. I believe this with all my heart. I think that has a great value here on this earth, that as we stay faithful and continue on, that we will see God work. But I, I believe that may be eternal, too. Because I'm telling you, Abraham knows now by sight what happened when he trusted God. And sometimes, listen, you've got, you and I have got to quit looking at the temporary. We've got to quit looking at just everything we can see and trust God that he's going to use you way beyond yourself and your years if you'll stay true. I love the old saying, great people plant trees whose shades they will never enjoy. Do you get that? Great people. I, I am probably, if I ever play on the indoor playground in there, call the chiropractor and Dr. Sanders because I may need help. But you know what? I gave a lot of money to that, and I will give more because I want to plant ch- trees whose shade I may not enjoy. But when you decide to follow God and you stay true, God's going to bless you and use you. And, and you may not even even know until you get to heaven, how much that God has used you. Look again at verse 14. For people who speak thus make it clear they are seeking a homeland. Again, that's weird wording. What, what is he saying? He's saying, again, how did Abraham and Sarah continue for 25 years? They kept their eye on the prize and the prize giver. They kept their eye on God. They kept their eye on what God was gonna, how God was going to bless them here and for eternity. You keep trusting God. You keep stepping out in faith. You believe God's going to use you and answer your prayers. And and listen, God will. This is eternal stuff. Let me give you a third thing. Boy, this is so important. Don't turn back. Don't turn back. Honestly, very few step out because it's too hard. It's scary. It's unknown. It's uncomfortable. And Goodness gracious, if God wants us all to be rich and healthy and wealthy, God would never want you to be uncomfortable. And Did you get my sarcasm? God didn't promise you health, wealth, and, and a perfect life. In fact, he promises suffering and persecutions, but he promises great victory and blessings. Most people never, never jump out there and do it. And sadly, a lot of people who step out end up turning back. They get their eye off the prize and the prize giver. It gets hard. It gets tough, and they quit. It's, it's so sad to me to see people who really, I believe, get saved and get serious about God, and then two years later, you hardly ever see them at church. They get distracted. They get their eye off the prize. It gets hard, and they move away from God. Look what, look what he says in, in verse 15. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, if they were focused on what was behind them, they would have gone back. They would have, have had an opportunity to return. Again, what he's saying there is that Abraham and, and the ones before him, they didn't look back. They didn't turn around and go back because their eyes and their heart was in the right place. You know, a few weeks ago, we, we talked about sex. Do any of y'all remember that sermon? You tried to block it out of your memory? And some of the people in the first service, I might add, uh, told me we should sing precious memories at the end of the service. Remember me telling you that? Uh, You know, Precious Memories, if you don't know that song, it's a beautiful song, but Precious Memories a lot of times cause us never to move forward with Christ. We dwell on how good it was instead of looking about how good it can be. When I was a 25-year-old pastor, I had a wonderful elderly man. I wouldn't say he was almost dead, like they said about Abraham, but he was an older man, and he was talking to me one Sunday morning outside before church. He was the first one there. We were visiting him. And he, uh, he said, Chris, to be honest with you, the good old days weren't all that good. He goes, oh, I miss my family that had passed on and stuff. But he goes, I grew up, when you, when you had to go to the bathroom, you had to go outside. And, and, and you didn't have air conditioning where I grew up because we didn't have electricity. And I grew up in the Depression. He said, a lot of times people are looking back, and they don't remember how it really was. Sometimes the good old days were good. Sometimes they were not. Have you ever noticed that healthy people have eyes that look forward? Have you noticed that? Have you ever seen anybody who had eyes in the back of their head? You think your wife made men, but she really doesn't. She's just attuned to your shady ways. I remember hearing a football coach say years ago, God put eyes in the front of your head, not in the back of the head, so you'd look forward, not backwards. When Abraham left... Doesn't say they didn't cry. Didn't say they weren't heartbroken. Didn't say it was hard. Do you know what it says? They didn't sit around looking back about the good old days. They pressed forward in it. And at 190, they have a baby. Well, they'd be dedicating them in two weeks up here at the church. Wouldn't that be awesome? We'd never got them on stage, but we'd had Abraham and Sarah could have sat down here in their wheelchairs and held the baby, right? Which would have been awesome. It'd have been great. It'd been a miracle, but for sure. but they kept their eyes on the prize and the prize giver. And let me give you a last thought this evening. When we do this, when it starts with stepping out, God will be proud of you. How many of you believe tonight God loves you? Seriously, you believe that? I believe with all my heart God loves everybody in here. I believe he even loves me. God's not proud of all of us. You agree with me? Growing up, I knew my parents loved me. Sometimes their way of affection was not as kindly as I would have wished. You know, when you're spanking someone, telling them it's for love. That's hard for an eight-year-old to translate. But I know there were times they never said this to me, but my parents were ashamed because I got in trouble, I misbehaved, I did stuff that shouldn't. That's just normal. You can love somebody and not be proud of the way they're acting or behaving. And sadly, I I think a lot of times God looks at churches and he looks at Christians and he loves us dearly, but he just wipes his tears out of his eyes. He probably breathes in deep because he's not proud of the way we behave. Once you look at verse 16, but as it is, they desire a better country, heaven. That is a heavenly one. They desire God and the prize, eternity. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a great city, a great reward. Did you get that? Back in, in I planned these sermons here last year when you gave me the study leave is when I planned these. So I planned to preach this last July. Well, in March, I, on my phone, and I went and found it today, I, I wrote on my phone, what, "What? do? when I stand before God, what is my goal? I have goals I want to accomplish here. I want to lead people to Christ, be a great husband, be a great father, help, be a great pastor, love people. But when I stand before God, ultimately, what is my goal? And I wrote on my phone, my goal is to stand before God and God to look at me and say, I am proud of you. And now I know how, clearly. And now you know how. When God speaks, if you will step out in faith and obey. Obey God. Keep trusting him and let God do great things with your life. Listen, if God can bring a baby to a 100-year-old, a 90-year-old, the only thing that's limiting what God can do in your life is you. Keep trusting. Trust in Him. Stay the course. Keep your eyes on the prize and keep your eye on Him. And I want to tell you someday when we stand before God, you know what? Wouldn't it be great to walk into heaven and and God's clapping His hands and ready to embrace you? Wow. Isn't that what you want? You know, the neat thing or the scary thing? Not everybody in here is ever going to be a Greek scholar or a Hebrew scholar or you may not be a missionary overseas, or you may not preach or be able to sing like Kay, but every single person in here can do what Abraham did. And I'm not talking about reproducing 100. I'm talking about following God. (laughs) Everybody in here, everybody in here can do it. The question always is this, will we? Here's our challenge tonight. If you're not a Christian, becoming a Christian ultimately is about stepping out, isn't it? about stepping out with God. I'll talk to you after our business meeting tonight. I'd love to. Or maybe when the invitation is given in just a minute, you want to step out and come follow Jesus. Come do that. You want to join our church? We would love for you to. Again, that's a step out. Well, you can do it after church. You can step out and come do it when we stand in a moment. Some of you are Christians, and you know what God's telling you to do. God's putting his finger on your heart. Will you say yes tonight? Will you step out and say yes? Maybe where you're standing, praying at the altar with the minister. I I, I can say, many of you are where I am tonight. There's not anything pressing on my heart. But here's what our answer needs to be to God tonight. God, when you ring my number, I'm gonna say yes. That's what God wants to hear from all of us. Will we do it? Let's stand. As God leads you, you come. We'll be waiting on you.